Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I am your host, Professor Sides. It's my actual job title and last name, which is part of the reason why the mathematical model that I've built to predict various sports outcomes is affectionately known as Sideline. You'll hear more about the model during the course of this episode, set to cover the four best college basketball games and one off-the-wall game scheduled to be played on Monday, February 6th, 2023. If you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickstheprofessor.com slash new for some explanations and community rules. See the Google Sheet linked in the show's description for Sideline's projections on every game. Remember that because there are no locks in gambling, those are parsed now into a... A plus B and C grade picks. There's multiple ways you can get those A plus picks either via Patreon or Black Book Sports. Most depends on what you're looking for. All the links are in the show description. But as always, take what you like and leave the rest. Lastly, please understand that good and bad variants will occur. So as much as we'd like to say will be profitable each and every day, and that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Jake, what a wild Saturday that was! So much fun. I love it. <laughs> I, I feel like we got the perfect capper uh, in the night game. Yeah. St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And that, that was, was a lot of fun. Yeah. Incredible game. Gonzaga just controlling the whole game for the first, you know, uh, three quarters ish. And then yeah. St. Mary's just kind of hanging in there, creeping around and then kind of figures it out, uh, gets to overtime. I, I will say, and you know, this, I feel like has kind of summed up the last week and, and I, I really hope to get off of it, but I feel like Saturday was so many good angles and handicap stuff. And I just feel like I zigged and zagged at the wrong places. I told people, hey, those early games, a lot of times they're slower starts. Picked one total to go under. It was one of the only early ones that didn't go under. And it was under for the whole game. The live total of that game was in the hundred, you know, well below the total we grabbed. And then at the very end, it, it goes higher score. So I had the right idea, just kind of like zigged and picked the wrong one. Um, I talked about the, you know, the Duke North Carolina game. I said, hey, I like the under, but didn't double up on that one, doubled up on a different one, and it didn't go well. We had uh, Kansas State, who looked fantastic and then just fell apart. Um, you know, had the, the, and the, the Gonzaga St. Mary's team had the under that, and that was the perfect play. It was a true under game, and then goes to overtime where it, where it goes awry. Points. Yeah, and, and and you know, and that one didn't even go over until like a minute to go in in the overtime. It was like four minutes in overtime, so it just, it felt like it, it's been like that the last week. You know, we had a couple of really good weeks early on in January, and it feels like one of those. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm zigging and zagging at the wrong places, and so it's like how to how to how to I I need to go get a live chicken, I guess, right? If we're quoting <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're quoting Bull Durham, it's like how do we how do we figure out how to go right at the right spot because we're, we're right around it, circling around it, you know? Yeah, like it'll it'll come through. The process is working well. Just like getting some unlucky bounces here and there, and then teams doing some wild things like I, I don't know Tennessee and Auburn combining for 89 points, or I mean. That we had the under in that one, and that was I just stopped watching it because I was like, "This is terrible basketball," and we've got the under, and then we can move on, <laughs> you know. Or, or 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 had the the under in Florida, Kentucky, and that game looked like an easy under, and then Florida puts up almost fifty in the second half. Where yeah. did that come from? Like, what in the world was that about? I I can't. I, I've I've seen whole games where I feel like they've only scored fifty points, much less in the second half at Kentucky. Like, what what in the world was that? That, that was a freak show of a Florida offense. Like, who knows if they'll ever find that again? Yeah, yeah. It was. It was like it was a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I. This is where I would say, you know, as a reminder, right? The 
picks we're doing on this show are for the best games for the best picks make sure to check us out on patreon that's where we have those a plus plays they're still hovering around 55 percent in the couple weeks have been doing those and the play of the day which still still going pretty well so for the best picks go to patreon for picks on the best games that's what we're going to talk about here we can dive a little deeper because these are more of the games we watch although i will say the whole picks on the best games for today that's doing a lot of work a lot of heavy lifting because there's two games that are going to be great i'm really looking forward to and beyond those to uh we had to really to say the four best games i think they are the four best games but the the, the, the third and the fourth one aren't really i mean you're great. really stretching the definition of best is, is what's happening well it's it's the bar is, is the bar is low right that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing all right well before we get to that so some reminders uh real quick please hit that like button if you're on youtube also if you aren't yet please consider subscribing or following it's free and if you turn on notifications you'll miss any of the college basketball mlb or college football content this channel provides i've already mentioned the patreon but check it out if you haven't yet lots of great benefits over there beyond above and beyond what we do here three dollars per month gets you to play the day for another two dollars a month you get all the model picks and access to the discord chat group where we have a ton of fun talk about how to make money on nba tennis uh no golf yet if you want to talk about golf surely somebody wants to talk about golf betting i don't know uh <laughs> for five more dollars a month beyond that you can also get ad free shows and immediate access to every recommended pick again www.patreon.com slash picks with a professor but even if you're not there we're still thrilled to have you here um let's get to it here all results again tabulating the google sheet blah 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 all that other fun stuff um 5 p.m eastern so this is kind of a fun one um because a little bit earlier, this is a makeup from all of the ice and snow that hit the DFW area. So you got a 5 p.m. Eastern game. It is one of the top four games because, again, the bar is really low. But it's also a fun one because there's nothing else happening at this time slot. Uh, Tarleton State, we're going to lay the two against UT Arlington. The model says this is a pretty fair line. I just like the way that Tarleton State's playing as of late. I think they're the better team. And I think that UT Arlington might be getting a little bit too much respect here based off of the game that they just had against Sam Houston State, which was an incredible performance. But they also shut the lights out from three. And if you expect them to continue to do that, they aren't going to all season. That doesn't mean they can't hear. You never know what's going to happen in 40 minutes of a college basketball game. But that performance was not what we expect going forward. We didn't expect it then, and it happened. But that doesn't mean we think it's going to happen again here uh, tonight. So we, I, I like Tarleton State here. I think they can get it done. I like laying a number that's two or less because it's unlikely that we lose as long as Tarleton wins. Um, might push if they win by two, but I, I think they can win for us. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, I really like Tarleton. I'm surprised at this line. Uh, I really like their coach, Gillespie. Uh, they're just a better team all around. Um, they've got much better offense and defense. Arlington doesn't really do too much well defensively. I mean, they do force a good amount of turnovers, but they give it away about the same rate, so it's all a wash. Uh, but Tarleton State doesn't turn the ball over that much. Uh, I mean, neither neither team is good by stretch, like any stretch. But this, I, I think, this game should be a lot closer to five than the two where yeah. it's at. Just because, I mean, the last game at home was uh, Tarleton State won by seven at home. Like, I don't, I don't think home court is going to shift five points here. Uh, so it's, I don't know. I, I don't really understand the line. I'm real, I'm yeah. big on Tarleton here. Short road trip between these two places. Um, not a lot of fans. We expect in the stands for this one. Um, it, 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 you mentioned Gillespie there for Tarleton. 
in general, and this probably doesn't always hold true, but I know that he's had some failings at larger schools, but a lot of times the coaches that don't do well at the larger schools are still great for the small schools and for this level of basketball can do a lot of, a lot of good. And like I said, Tarleton, um, you know, recently coming up from division two a few years ago, and they're a pretty average division one team. They're not great by any stretch of the imagination, but they're pretty run of the mill average, which is again, a good thing given where they've come from uh, UT Arlington. I, I just think like kind of you're indicating right well below average uh, Tarleton's not great, but they're at least mediocre UT Arlington had the game of their lives there against Sam Houston. And that was good, but they're going to need that same type of performance, I think in order to win this one. Otherwise I just think Tarleton can go in and get the win total. This one is 131 and a half models is 131.7 and has been pretty spot on with both these teams total. So I think it's pretty well priced in the low one thirties. UT Arlington slows it down. Um, and that's why we're expecting a few fewer points here, but it, you know, in general, I think it's a pretty well priced total. If I had to, I'd go over simply because I just don't trust this UT Arlington defense to stop anybody personally. I feel like that's the worst unit on the court is their defense is just not very good at all. Um, but it's not an over I'm playing just because the, the pace they play with is it's scary to go uh, over anything that's not like 119 or something because they just they try to suck the air out of the ball, really. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't touch this total with my life. This is very, very spot on where I think it's going to be, and I, I don't want any part of it. Yep. Uh, moving on to actually one of the good games here, 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Duke at Miami. Miami's a three-point favorite. Going to lay the three with the Hurricanes. Model says three as well, so another situation where the model says that it's priced pretty well. I, I'm, I'm, this is one of those – occasionally we talk about this, right? In general, nine times out of ten, I always tell people, look, you're not playing teams. You're playing teams and numbers. In this case, I'm kind of just playing the number here and just saying laying three with the home team – makes a lot of sense when these two teams are probably about the same. They're both pretty good. It's kind of the same logic I had with Duke, North Carolina. When I laid it with Duke, I just kind of said, Hey, this is a pretty good number for the home team. When it's like, I'm just not convinced the road team is better. That's kind of how I feel here. I'm just not convinced Duke's better than Miami. I think they're both really good teams. I'll lay three. I wouldn't lay more than three. Just like I said with Duke, I was laying two and a half with Duke. I was laying three. Didn't want to lay more. Same thing here with Miami. I'll lay two and a half. I'll lay three. Don't want to lay more. But I think you got, you know, the crowd will be rocking there. Anytime Duke comes to town and any of these ACC games, they always take teams' best shots, it seems like. And uh, Miami's a good team. I think they can win. And I like laying, again, a number like two and a half or three. Obviously, if it drops down to two, that's even better. But I feel like the flirting with two days are gone. I think that's – now that we've gone from two and a half to three, I just – I don't see it getting back there. Uh, so I'm, I'm comfortable in the three here with Miami. Total – it's 146. Models is 145.8. Uh, Jake and I were talking about this before show. Kind of would lean under on this one uh, if we had to play it one way or the other. Jake, you had you had more to share on that though. Yeah, look, I, I just think the way Duke's defense is and and the strategy is for the team. If it's going to go anywhere near Duke's way, it'll be a slower game and like killing the fast break opportunity just like they did the North Carolina and that, but that's going to be a tall task on the road when you don't have the crowd behind you. And with Miami, it's got probably better guards all around with pack and Wong and everybody else. And they're they seem to be a little bit faster and they play a little bit faster. So it's going to be a tall task for them, but I, I still would lean under, but it's not a huge play on any. It's part. not a great, not a great number right now, at least. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if this gets steamed up a little bit, we can go under 147, 148, 149. Now we're getting excited. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's 146. Like, I personally, I'm playing the under. Um, nothing I'm going to 
go very hard on or anything. It's just I think this game plays slower than what it uh, is supposed to. I think it's going to have a sleepy first half is really mm-hmm. where I see this. But, I mean, there's also the aspect, and this is another reason why Miami minus three is a good play, right? Duke's coming off beating North Carolina at Shire's first win as, as a coach against Carolina and that whole rivalry and coming off the top of the world, uh, going on the road that's tough. So it could be a very sleepy first half for Duke and Miami gets a lead where they where they might give up some of it in the second half and but still cover three because it's a very short number at home. Uh plus no whitehead this time, or right as of right now, it looks like no whitehead. That's a big loss from the offensive weapon standpoint. Uh, because I think they're go- Duke's gonna get need to get to sixty seven, sixty eight to have a chance to win this game, like if close to maybe seventy even. And if Anything above 70 is going to go way Miami's way, and I think Miami wins that in like by five to ten points if it starts getting well above 70s. Yeah, and, and you mentioned it. I was going to bring it up here too, and I'm going to talk about it in the next game as well. You've got really a short travel spot from coming off such a big win, and it's not so much that beating North Carolina in and of itself is a big win. It's the rivalry, like I said, yeah. you know, a coach who, who's, you know, first win, like you, you talked about. It. It, it's a tough spot now. It, this game reminds me of the Indiana-Purdue game that we talked about on Saturday, and I kind of laid that out. I said, look, if we get great Indiana, it's going to be a game. And it turned out to be a weird roller coaster of how we got there, but it turned out to be a game in the end. And that's why I said, if we get great Indiana, it should be a game. If we don't get great Indiana, Purdue's going to win. That's why I like playing playing Purdue. It didn't work out, but I think I had the right read on it. And it's the same thing here. If we get a sleepy Duke from that, a little bit of a hangover effect, a little bit of a you know short travel spot, whatever for them, tougher situation, blah, 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 right? If we get that, Miami's going to have a great chance to run away with this game. If we don't get that, it should be a good game. And so it's one of those where one way we should win, the other way we still got a shot. And I like plays like that because it just gives you more chances to win. And so like I said, if if any of those effects are there, if Miami at home can play the game that they want to play, that's what we're talking about here, that Miami wants to play this fast. They've got one of the best offenses from an efficiency standpoint in the country. And if they're able to play that style, it's going to go well for them. And like you said, they should win at that point by five to ten. Yeah, like I mean, because the whole strategy here is Miami is one of the shorter teams out there. Duke is the tallest team on average. You don't want to give obviously lively anywhere chances set up to block shots like North Carolina found out. I mean, you've also got another seven footer out out there in Flapowski. Um, even the guards are big. Like Roach looks small out there, but he's actually kind of tall. Uh, they're going to want to run it, move it, get those guys out of their set half court defense and score quick. So I think. Yeah, I think yeah. That is how Miami's going to want to play it and kind of drive it. Yep. All right. So we're going to lay it, lay it there with the home Hurricanes. And the game after that, 9 p.m. Eastern, going to lay it with the Jayhawks here. I've talked a lot about how I haven't been back in Kansas much this year. Uh, faded them on Saturday. That worked better than you could have imagined. Iowa State, of course, looking like the fantastic team. Like I've been saying they are after whatever the heck that was in that second half in Lubbock, right, which was a weird thing. You know, Missouri, like, starts with Missouri got hot in that game. The second half of that Lubbock game, it still had faith in our Cyclones. that came through for us. I'm going to lay it with Kansas here. I, I've been fading both these teams, so I got to back one of them now. Uh, I was I was impressed by Texas that second half. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know what to make of it, though, because if that Texas had come out to play all game and they had won that game, if they played that whole – that the second half, the whole game, they win the game by double digits. And then I'm like, oh, wow, like you are trying to make a statement and say you are the best team in the conference. Because as I've been saying, those top six teams are all kind of jumbled and I don't know who to put where. They're all really good. At any given night, I think any of them can beat anybody, right? And I'm like, hey, if Texas had done that, but they didn't. They played really bad the first half. 
and, and I can't ignore that either. I can't ignore the second half. And so I, I don't, I don't know what to make of Texas. I, I, it was a good win. Uh, it, I, I'm taking notice, but I think this is a really bad spot for Texas. We talk about the travel spots in the Pac-12, how they do that. You know, you go somewhere and you stay there for a couple of days, and then you go to the other team and play. And that second night being tough. That's what Texas has here, playing in Kansas State on Saturday presumably staying there uh if they came back that's actually worse because now they just came back and are just ping-ponging back right or staying out there whatever it is it's a really tough spot here for texas with all the travel or the staying out there it's not a great spot for them kansas i like backing here kind of a bounce back spot not that they didn't want to win that game against iowa state but uh just a game where i think we're getting a little bit of value here because i still think kansas is the better team and if they're the better team with that home court advantage they should win by four or more it's kind of that same thing i've been talking about i don't want to lay more than this i'd rather lay three but three and a half four i think is a decent number to lay i think kansas wins by five to ten i still think they're the better team i've been fading them a lot this year uh and like i said it's worked out well but i just think this is a great spot to bet kansas and one of the few times uh that i we're going to end up backing them this year. It seems like uh, we've only backed them five times, gone three and two. And we've, we faded them 18 times and gone 12 and six. So fading them has worked, but backing them has been fine too. Like I said, I just think this is a great spot uh, to back Kansas. Total of this one is 146 and a half. Models is 145. I'm not touching the total on this one, uh, partially because what we've kind of started seeing lately from the Big 12 is a little bit of a reversal of trend of the referees. Part of those overs were fueled by the refs calling a billion fouls, chopping up the game, stopping the clock, getting free throws. We saw it happen last week in Kansas, Kansas State with a bunch of those free throws. But we saw in Texas, Kansas State, we saw the refs just let those guys destroy each other. I mean, there were bodies flying everywhere, and it took a long time for them to call fouls. So not knowing how they're going to call this game, if we get the refs from that Texas-Kansas State game, it's going to have a hard time getting up to 150 because it's going to become a, a real physical contest. If we don't, then maybe it gets up to 150. I, I don't really know. In the, you know, Like I said, 146.5, just too high for me to go over. Don't really want to play the under either, so it's total not worth investing. I'm just going to lay the four with the Jayhawks. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, yeah if, I, if I'm having to make a play in this game, I'm, I'm going laying the four with Kansas. Texas on the road, not been great all year. I know they just beat Kansas State, but their wins aren't super impressive. Like you said, like yeah. there was a terrible first half that led to that comeback win. But, I mean, every one of their wins is real short on the road if, if they win on the road and then they've lost away from home. Uh, but this game is huge in terms of Big 12, right? You got yeah. Texas with a one-game lead on Iowa State, and then Kansas and everybody else, it seems like, besides Texas Tech, at two games back. Uh, I just – I think home court is the dividing factor of this game. Fog Allen, I mean, you've got the better coach on Kansas side. You've got the home court. Uh, I just think they're not – it's, it's going to be – it's rare that Bill Self loses two in a row any anywhere. Um it happened this year once. I don't think it's going to happen again. Kansas has really been dominant at home. Uh, and it's not like Texas is a dominant defense either. And the, what we've seen when Kansas losses is they, they play a very good defense and somebody takes Dewan Harris out of the game. I don't, I don't think Texas has that ability. I think Dewan Harris will have a normal good game. I mean, he just quarterbacks that offense and it really helps uh, Wilson and Dick get going, uh, gets – get some of the attention off them, let them find some open jumpers, and that will go a long way. And I think that's where uh, 
Texas is going to get beat is what those open jumpers. We saw it in the Tennessee game too, where uh, if you get hot shooting, it's you can really easily put up 10, 15 point lead on Texas. And I, I think yeah. Kansas gets there once or twice this game, but it settles back under 10 and four is good enough number to lay. Yeah, and just a couple disclaimers here. Again, uh, my father's a Texas alumni. I have nothing against Texas, right? So I, I, I grew up rooting for the Longhorns. So I, I have nothing against them. I'm, I'm, I'm here to make money, right? Whether that means fading or playing my teams, um, uh, you know. But the, the other disclaimer, and 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 I say it a lot. So if you if you've heard it, you know, click the fast forward, you know, thirty seconds button here. But I, just in case you haven't, what we're talking about here is the average game of what we're expecting. None of this is to say that Texas can't go out there, shoot 48% from three, and run Kansas out of the building. None of this is that Kansas won't go out there and hit 17% from three and not be able to score. You never know when weird things happen. But what we're talking about is, in general, we have enough data to kind of see the trends. And in general, like you said, Kansas has struggled against, like just that one we just saw, a really good defense in Iowa State. And that's not what Texas has this year. Last year they were. This year, though, they've got a great offense, and it's been a different story there. The great offensive team in Kansas State, right, they lost that game in Manhattan in overtime, right? They played pretty well on the road, uh, won the game at home pretty handily, and, and exactly how much should they have covered that by is a question because the refs got in it, but they still were the better team in that game, hands down. And that's the thing here. And Austin might be a different story, right? Because it kind of evens it out a little bit, just like the Kansas State game for Kansas. But at home, this feels like some of those games, like the Indiana game, right? When Indiana came to town and got thumped, it's like you need that really good defense in general to make Kansas look bad. Otherwise, Kansas at home tends to make you look bad. And you never know what's going to happen in one game if one team just gets hot or not. But in general, the on average, we think that Kansas is the better team and Texas isn't the right matchup and the right travel spot. It's just a great situation about Kansas. And I haven't said that often this year, but I think this is one of those. Yes. All right, to the late one. I don't know why this game's happening at this time. Maybe someone can tell me, but I love extra games, right? If you're up if you're up 11 p.m. Eastern, a little uh, after dark special here. Weber State at Northern Colorado. Going to grab the point with Northern Colorado. Um, neither one of these teams is very good. I like getting the home team here in a game that I think is a real toss-up. Model says point that they went on average by 0.3. So it gives them a 51% chance of winning. Uh, getting the point I like, though, Northern Colorado has been a little bit better than we've expected of late Weber, Weber State. Um, the opposite here, uh, total is 141 and a half. Model says 141 and a half. So I'm going to pass on the total, though. And if you're up late wanting to bet on this one, I think the home team is the way to look. Uh, Jake, what do you think? Yeah, look, if you're on the East Coast, not worth your time. This is bad <laughs> basketball. It's not even bad basketball at its finest. Go. It's not like so bad that it's fun Go to, to watch. It's just bad. Um, yeah. Northern Colorado, terrible defense, average offense. They shoot the ball well, do a decent job of finding open shots. Uh, not so good inside the arc, but they get a real a lot of their shots blocked. So uh, they're just not great at finding the right shot inside. Uh, they like to stay outside the arc. Better shooting team. Uh, Weber State or Weber State, terrible offense. Can't rebound, can't hold on to the ball. Um, they're a great free throw shooting team. Don't get to the line often. Uh, and North Colorado doesn't foul a lot, so it's going to take a weapon out of their hands. Uh, defensively, what we were saying, above like above average and like to play at a slow pace. Um, I think the slow pace will help us get the cover. Uh, plus, their last game, I think it was Idaho State. Is that right? They went to double overtime uh, on a short travel, short legs. 
play play a little even slower, um, keep this game close. I'd even kind of look at Northern Colorado money line just because of travel spot in the last game and how how both teams have been playing. But uh, I mean, being at home, taking the points, uh, I like Northern Colorado a lot. Yeah, money line's probably looking, you know, maybe even money or something like that. It makes some sense as well. Grabbing the points, probably pretty equivalent. It's, it's just a personal preference here. We just take uh, points and doing money lines for, for show purposes. But it, it, yeah, so like you said, same investment really gets you a little bit better odds. Uh, I was going to mention that to, to wrap up that Weber State played an, an overtime game on the road on Saturday night late. And that has this one. I don't know what their travel was. They were in Idaho in a week. I, in a weird part of the state, it's not like they're on Boise, right? I don't know if it, and then they went home or they went straight here. I don't know what they did, but that's a tough late night Saturday travel spot Sunday. Boom, now you're playing on Monday. Northern Colorado did also play on the road Saturday, but they got home. They got to recover in their own beds with their own training staff, with their own everything on Sunday, wake up normal Monday. I mean, that really matters here. So a couple of these Monday games, I think the travel spot, seeing how – uh, Saturday played out with the travel and like you said, the overtime game, extra five minutes for Weber State there, you know, not being a later double. in the week game to recover. Was it double? Yeah, I think it was double. So that we got extra 10 minutes. Out, extra quarter. Extra quarter, right. So yeah, some of that stuff I think is, is important here. If, if it wasn't for that, maybe it's a little bit different story. Maybe say Weber State's just the better team. I think they are the better team, but on the road, this is a rough spot for them here. And I think that kind of is the great equalizer in a situation that would allow Northern Colorado who, um, you know, Always looking for wins because they don't have very many of them on the year, but this is a great spot for them to get a home win. And that'll take us to overtime. We've already, I mean, that one was already an off-the-wall game. We're going to give you an even off-er-the-wall game here. We're going to the six-digit rotation numbers. We're going to lay the 16-and-a-half with UMass Lowell. Um, why is this game happening, I think is my first question. Uh, it's a non-conference game. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's a local rivalry at some point, it's just weird on the timing uh, of why it's happening. Maybe it's delayed. Maybe this is a, a makeup game from like winter storms up in the Northeast. I don't know. Maybe someone can tell me. It seems like a weird spot. Um, so this is my first question. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna lay. We're gonna lay the sixteen and a half with Lee Messel. Second question: um, Does Hartford care anymore at this point yeah. of the season? Um, it's not been going well for them. They're five and eighteen. They rank as one of the bottom teams in college basketball. Things aren't getting better for them. Uh, UMass Lowell consistently all season been a pretty average team. That's led them to a 19-6 and six record, mainly because of an easy schedule. Playing games like this, they ought to win, right? The question is, do they win by enough? But you have to think, not a lot of home energy in Hartford. Uh, short road trip uh, from UMass Lowell. Uh, it sets up well for UMass Lowell to just take care of business, run away, never look back. Um, Jake, tell us more. Yeah, that's the nice thing. UMass Lowell loves to pound it in on little teams. Uh, they they just really take care of business. I mean, they just, what, it, NJIT, Nidget, whatever you want to call it. NJIT. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just beat, beat them by 29. Uh, they got Albany by 16, which Albany's a little bit better of a team. Uh, I mean, Bryant, they win by almost thir- or about 20-plus or about 20. Um, Hartford, I just don't think they care that much anymore. They're, they're just in the light at the end of the tunnel. I mean, they're, they're already moving the D2. Their coach left at the beginning of the year. These guys are looking at their next stop or D2, whatever's going to happen there. They're just very bad on offense, not any better on defense. Uh, they don't shoot – like I mean, they don't shoot well. They turn the ball over way too much. Every one of those things, problem with the team they have. Uh, I just don't see – then with the motivation to keep this close, they've got of their five wins, three of those are against D two teams. So maybe that bolts well for them next year. Whenever they get the move down, uh, 
the other two were very bad teams, both at home. But you had Stonehill, who was recently up from D2 this year, I believe, and then Fairleigh Dickinson. Neither team is anything to write home about. UMass Lowell has a, has a chance to make some noise in the tournament. They're a decent team, at least. Uh, I think they're going to get this by 20, 25, somewhere in there. And I guess, and I guess that's the answer to the question is why it's happening. Hartford, I guess, was like kicked out of the conference, uh, left the conference, whatever happened there. Yeah. Um, and so I guess that you know, as an independent, they got to find people to play. Um, they've only got four more games after this. They get a rematch uh, with Chicago State. They have a random game against South Alabama in a week. Which, if the slate isn't any better, maybe we'll talk about that one as well. Um, well it's a Monday, yeah. so there's a good it's a we might, but uh, yeah, so it's one of those, like you said, you're really just playing out the string here. You have to imagine going down to D2 that their whole roster basically is going to be gone other than maybe walk-ons, right? That that anybody there who isn't good enough to be a D1 player is going to be looking to transfer to another D1 school. You have to think their minds are on that. You have to think their minds are on doing the best they can for themselves. And, and I'm not saying I wouldn't when I was on the court. Yeah. I mean, you know, your team's season shot, right? But that's not going to necessarily lead to a good team performance when everyone's like, how do I get the most rebounds? How do I get the most points? How do I get the whatever, right? Yeah. When you're not thinking about the team aspect of it. And that's sometimes when uh, you can get the floor wiped with you. Uh, Chicago State's been playing really well as of late. Um, but I just don't think they're as good as this UMass Lowell team. Chicago State won pretty handily here over the weekend almost would have covered this number. And I think UMass Lowell is a lot, oh, it's still a lot better than Chicago State. As much as I've liked Chicago State, the transition they're making, I like where their program's going. Um, UMass Lowell's just a much better team, and so they should be able to expand on what Chicago State did. Which I think Chicago State's in the same boat as Hartford. Uh, this kind of gets off the rails here. But they're also independent. Are they trying yes. to move down? Like, like, man, with the progress they've made this back half of the year, that's got to sting a little bit, but. Yeah, I'm not sure what their plans are next year. They were in the whack. I don't know if they left because I mean the travel and for them in the whack travel was nuts. Yeah. It was nuts. And so I don't know, I don't know what their plans are, but yeah, at least they're moving in the right direction. Um Hartford, like you said, with the coach and everything, just not a not a good situation. So we're gonna we're gonna fade them and hopefully they uh barely show up and, and lose by 30. Uh, in, in another game that you shouldn't watch. Again, there's two games really to enjoy. There's the standalone games that if you're up, you know, if you're off work, whatever, go ahead and watch. But otherwise, we got the two main games. And uh, hopefully those those can pay off for us. Uh, uh, Jake, any, any other parting words for you? No, I'm just happy to have the first win over North Carolina after dropping two in a row last year. I was I was what I was going to play, you know, talking about, uh, you know, you as a Duke fan coming off of that. And then now it's like, right, turn it back around. It's like, now let's fade them. <laughs> yeah, that was that was. Funny, I, I lost my money, but I, I faded Duke in that. I thought that was going to be a lot closer game. Ooh, um, ooh. Duke's offense. Oh, but well, I, but it, you got the you got the under though, at least, right? Yes. Yeah, the under so was, was my it, heavy play, but I was it, like, oh, it, don't trust. At Duke least you play. got that. And that, and that's funny too. If if you're if you're still with us here, you know, you can drop a comment, let us know how you feel about this, because I, I always hear a lot of different opinions on this. How you feel about backing your team some people will never bet on their team because they already feel like they're invested some people will never fade their team because they never want the doubles some people love fading their team because yeah. they say hey no matter what like i've got a winner either way so i hear a lot it's always fun to hear what people think about how they handle their favorite teams i, I tell you personally uh, 
doing this, I've, I still am a huge Astros fan, but uh, I have no problems fading them. I've, I did it in the World Series. I'll, I'll do it again. Like, I, <laughs> my, my loyalty is to my money. So for me, I'm, I, and Mrs. Professor, Mrs. Professor tells me I'm, I'm heartless and I've lost my soul because I'll, I'll, I'll bet on the teams I don't like and I'll fade the teams I do because I I, it's all about the money, right? I, yeah. <laughs> that's why I'm here. I, I faded both my teams this Saturday. It went one on one with it, right? You faded Tennessee, took Auburn plus the points, and then took North Carolina plus the points. One worked, one didn't. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, that's all we got then for you today. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Picks with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we've brought on this channel. It's dropped right into your feed. Be back again tomorrow with more college basketball talk. And until then, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet you're eating money.